Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Alan Steinfeld. We're talking about his new book, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. Making Contact presents multiple perspectives on what no longer can be denied. UFOs and their occupants are visiting our world. The the book answers questions which remain in the wake of the recent Pentagon disclosures as to who and why these beings are here. At this critical juncture in the government's official acknowledgement of the realities of UFOs, or UAPs, scientists, politicians, and mainstream news outlets have no idea what to make of these startling um, revelations or the outpouring of sightings and contact experiences currently being reported on a global scale. The variety of viewpoints expressed in the volume provide a solid foundation for the preparation of the greatest challenge to ever face mankind. Alan Steinfeld is an explorer of consciousness. For more than 30 years, he has hosted and produced the weekly television series, New Realities in New York City. Additionally, with more than 70,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel of the same name, there have been over 20 million viewers who have seen his programs. For more information, visit his YouTube channel, which is youtube-newrealities and uh, youtube.com hyphen uh, forward slash new realities. And you can also find Alan on Facebook if you use that platform. So with that, I'd like to welcome Alan to the show. Good day, Alan. Thank you. Great to finally have a chance to sit down with you and talk about all this. So Thanks Thank you. I've, I've been looking. I've been looking forward to this, and, and, and just thinking that we might have contact sometime in the between. <laughs> well, right, we're, we're making we're, contact. <laughs> you, we're making. So we're in contact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I want to. I want to start with now in the foreword of your book, which was written by George Norrie, the host of Coast to Coast. He indicates that he feels that there is no better time for a book like yours, Making Contact, to be presented to the world. So with the recent attention to UFOs and UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, do you feel the same and and why? Well, this is a turning point in history. Yes, there's no better time for a sort of introductory overview of the phenomena because more and more people are waking up to what's going on. The government's just come out last week, it was about a week ago, with this report, which really didn't say anything new, but for the mainstream, it said, yes, there are these things called UAPs, which used to be called UFOs, and um they changed the name, and I can get into why they're calling this um, un- unexplained aerial phenomena as opposed to unidentified flying objects as a, as a key element in there. But uh, I'll get back to that. But this moment in history is when the world is waking up to the fact that we're not alone. There's a lot more sightings. There's this leaking government. 
more people are just looking outside the normal scope of things. I think this last two years have put us in a position where nothing is normal anymore. And I think that's why, mm-hmm. right? So in the COVID release bill, and maybe you know this, Marco Rubio put five pages that said he wanted all the intelligence agencies to come forward with what they know about this phenomenon. It was shoved in there in December. I gave these agencies 180, day, 180 days. It came out on June 25th, 2021. Just what they're willing. They gave the public a nine-page report. They gave the Senate Intelligence Committee 80 pages. And we're, we're pressing, at least these citizens who are um, pushing for UFO disclosure are pushing these um, people inside the Senate Intelligence Committee to come out with what was really said. So there's been a huge cover-up for 75 years, at least since Roswell. It's really 74 years. And something's cracking. There's increased sightings. People are having personal one-on-one experiences. So there are these um, shifts in consciousness. And plus the whole consciousness awakening movement that's happening is like people are looking to a wider perspective of who are we really as human beings? What are we a part of? Are we a part of a greater cosmology? So that's some of the reasons this is happening. Yeah, you know, um, and I want to kind of move on. My my next question was right in line with what you were going to talk about, and that is the 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 phrase UAPs, um, unidentified aerial phenomena. So you said you have you believe you know why they do that. So t- tell us why. Because I had I don't ever what? remember hearing of UAPs. <laughs> you know, UFOs, no, yeah, you don't. Not UAPs. But the, the, in 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton, when part of her campaign, went on the Jimmy Kimmel show and said, "We have a new name. We're not calling these UFOs anymore. We're calling them UAPs." So, so what are the breakdown of those uh, initials? Unidentified flying object, that's the stand. And then we have unexplained aerial phenomena. So the first two words are pretty interchangeable. But the third word, we went from object to phenomena. This is what the government um, review of whatever these things in the sky um, had to be relabeled because there was, there was more to this than just objects. There's a time-space distortion that happens when people see this sometimes, not all the time. Uh, there's a um, kind of telepathic link. Sometimes they get downloads from these things, from these objects. Um, there's synchronicities that happen. Sometimes there's healing that happens. Sometimes there's trauma that happens. Uh, this is a wide-ranging phenomena, but it is a phenomena. This is not just an object. That is why... I think the rebranding wasn't just because UFOs had this kind of weird, creepy connotation, mm-hmm. but because the, we're hinting, well, we're not just looking at hardware, folks. There's more to this than hardware. So this is a new age, a new consciousness. We have to view what's going on here with a bigger frame. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, oh, it does. It does. And, you know, my my first inclination, my first thought was the, the idea that it would be, you know, a way to rebrand, you know, to, to step away yeah. from the whole UFO woo-woo kind of thing into yeah. something 
you know, more, I don't want to say scientific, but more, you know, kind of might be acceptable. I mean, where, where the, where the, where the public did not have a concept of what UAP was. Exactly. So it, when you change the language, whatever that language is, you change, you have connotations, you change the associations. And people had, you know, horror movies and weird B films <laughs> about, right, UFOs invaded. So if we say it's UAPs, that's one of the things. Let's talk about it differently to the public. And the government, those inside, those really looking at this, not putting out some superficial report, are saying, and it actually started in the UK in, the, in something called the Condine Report in the 1990s. This is what something Nick Pope uh, worked on, who was actually a contributor to this book. The Condine Report in the UK said, relabeled it phenomena. And we just took up that name, UAPs. And re- so it was rebranding on one level. And they're hinting at, well, it's more. You know, Jacques Vallée, one of the mm-hmm. old-time uh, UFO investigators, said, if I find out that this is just visitors from another planet, I'll be very disappointed. Because there's so much <laughs> more going on here than just visitors. Yes, it is that. I'm sure it's that. But there's a, there's a shift in the interaction. In my experience, when you interact with these beings, there's a consciousness shift of awareness. And I've only interacted mm-hmm. with them in dreamlike states. I can't say they appear to me like right here as if I'm talking on the phone to you right now. No. There, there's, there's a whole vibratory um, kind of transition, transformation happens with these beings in our presence. So that's another level, right? So, yeah. I mean, so there's... There's levels and levels yeah. of understanding this phenomena. Yeah, that uh, it sounds like it's uh, there's so much more we don't know. <laughs> that the, the more we learn, the more we realize what we don't know. Um, right, I agree, but we have to put it all on the table. Oh yeah. Instead of keeping yeah. it locked behind closed doors, and that's really what it's been locked behind closed doors. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah. It seems to me that that you know a lot of the you know a lot of the cover up, a lot of the, you know disinformation is out of fear. That it seems like there may be a fear of what how people react to the realization that this is the case. Um, so do you think that maybe, you know, with, with us being inundated with all kinds of UFO um, in, in popular culture, that, that maybe there's been a reduction in the fear element in what, what the public can handle, so to speak? Yeah, I think there is, but as long as the government calls it a threat, uh, which is what mm. they do in their investigations, uh, advanced aerial threat identification program, then mm. um, they're generating that fear. Yeah. But we see that there really isn't a threat. There really hasn't been any any sort of um, uh, negative uh, experience. Yeah, they shut off uh, the codes at nuclear missile silos, but is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> really? Um, yeah. 
and and there haven't been any you know um uh, uh, injuries to any aircraft there hasn't been yeah people have been shocked and surprised but the threat factor doesn't seem to exist except in the minds of the military whose job it is is to generate threats or an adversary or you know something something that to alarm people about so Maybe it's to get the money that to generate their budgets, yeah. and so the. Well, but I don't think. Well, plus it's a threat. Yeah. Plus their yeah, their so. lack of understanding of what it is. You know, I mean, I would think that the military would be the, the kind of organization that would really want to be in control of everything that it can, and and that if there's so much unexplained, that really um, eliminates their ability to control situations. I think you're absolutely right. That is one of the reasons they're not mentioning the A word, aliens. They've acknowledged there's craft. There's craft we don't understand. We don't know the physics on how they're moving. We we can't explain why they're even here. So, but they haven't said, they said, Elizondo, who I might be interviewing soon, um, said, look, you know who Elizondo, Louis Elizondo is? He was the head of the – okay, that's okay. I mean, he's not like a common household word to the mainstream public, but he's the guy who was mentioned in the New York Times article December 16, 2017, as the head of the ATIP, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. This is where this whole phase of um, disclosure originated in 2017 when the, it became public that the Senate, under Harry Reid uh, from Nevada, he was a Senate Majority Leader, gave $22 million to this program at the Pentagon to study UAP. So, and Luis Alessandro was an intelligence officer, and he was the head of this program. So um, it started there. And and so it's just kind of snowballed out, out from there. Um, and well, that's going to be a fascinating interview. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not the only one who's into. He is the he is center stage in this in this whole new way of looking at this phenomenon. He he's the guy. He's the go-to guy. So um, it is exciting because suddenly um, people are coming forward. Of course, he said he has an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, saying he can't tell what he's learned when he's inside the military. So it gets complicated. Yeah. You know, what is he going to say? And he's, um, <laughs> right. anyway, there's a lot to, there's a lot of moving pieces here. You know, so I'm, I'm sure. some of it, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, we are getting new information. There's people coming forward. This thing is changing and shifting. We're moving into new realities, and um, we don't know what the future is going to hold for us. But we do have to say this is this is real on whatever level reality exists. And what's what's really going on here? What what do we make of this whole phenomena? So that's where we need to start and put it all on the table so we can move forward with something really solid. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. The more we know, the better. Um, so, yeah. what what makes yeah. your book Making Contact different from the, the thousands of books out there that are out there on UFOs? 
Well, first, because it's timely, you know, with the Senate report coming forward, and that's been all over mainstream news, CNN, NBC, CBS, 60 Minutes, New Yorker Magazine, uh, MSNBC. It's been everywhere in the news. Of course, the news cycle is very short. You know, people hear about it, and then it goes, okay, who won the sports event or something? So, uh, But it has been out there. It's caught people's attention. And so... I call this the subtitle, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. So um, I, I'm here to show people the scope of the phenomena. So I have 11, people, 11 different authors contributing their own analysis of the situation. And I don't think there's books that look at this phenomena from so many different angles. And I think that's what's new, that people coming forward because um, they can't explain this in ordinary terms. They can't explain the scope of this phenomenon. They, they don't understand yeah. it. The government doesn't understand it. So they'd rather just kind of ignore it. But I think we're moving forward with a real, um, a real progressive possibility of what's going on. So I got 11 different people to contribute different essays about this phenomena from their unique perspective because I say in my introduction, no one has the whole truth. We need different perspectives in order to analyze the situation. And um, it's like, you know, the different parts of the elephant. The more understanding we know, the bigger that we can piece together all the different aspects. Right. So so that's where we're at. We're, we're in a, bay, a kind of wide overview of, of a phenomena that no one really has all the missing pieces to. And so we're trying to put together as much as, as, as possible. In the past, I mean, this is an anthology. In the past, everyone would come forward and said, no, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. I don't say <laughs> that. I say right. no one knows what's going on, but try, if you can, to put the pieces together as much as you can, realizing there's a lot more that's still missing. I mean, I, I quote Linda Moulton Howe, who's probably the hardest working person in this field, who <laughs> says this is like a 16-layer chess game. Where all, or, or she also says sometimes this is like a hall of mirrors on a sliding uh, – because sometimes something comes up in the research and it throws everything else off. It's It's – it is so odd and so multifaceted. When you really dive into this, it, 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 it's so wide, the scope. I mean, yeah. it's like a science fiction movie, but it's it's much more complex <laughs> than that. Yeah, there are so many levels, very for sure. Levels and moving um, parts and unknown pieces. There's levels and levels. Like, who are these ET? How many races are there? Yeah. How? What kind of negotiation with the governments have happened? How? Who's sanctioning the UFO abductions? There's so much. Um, there's so much that hasn't been told. Yeah, it's kind of like a cosmic onion pulling, peeling away at the pieces, the different layers right. to try and get an understanding. And we might not, you know, we might not even have the capacity to understand this thing. That's the other right. thing, and certainly not the military is just looking at, you know, threat and war. And, but you know, we as even conscious people, some people have said, maybe this is like the dogs and cats 
in your library looking at these books and have no idea what's going on. This is us looking at this UFO, UAP phenomenon, trying to understand it with the limited education and science we have for this little corner of the universe, and it's much bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, of the 11 contributors, you broke them down into basically three kinds of categories, uh, investigators, right. researchers, and experiencers. So can you tell right. us um, how each of those perspectives contribute to the greater understanding? Thank you for asking that question because I really felt like I needed to structure this book so it would be a progressive um, evolution for the reader to go deeper and deeper into the phenomena. If you've never heard about any of this stuff or if you have been well steeped in this, I think this book has new insights. So the, I start with investigators. Those are people who just look at the nuts and bolts. A hardware. These are people like what's a part of MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, um, which just look at, they just investigate the sightings. Nothing more than that. And included in that is the government and what are they telling us and what are they not telling us. So that is the most superficial level. And that's a good place for people to start because these people might agree that there's something weird going on. There's, there's too many witnesses. Just look at the Nimitz, the USS Nimitz with Dave Fravor. Do you know who he is? He's the guy that I came forward. And, mm-hmm. Right. So Fravor was the guy interviewed on 60 Minutes. He's the guy who sort of broke the story in a way. He was uh, stationed on this USS Nimitz off the coast of San Diego. And he was he was a pilot for the Navy, flew up, saw this thing like a tic-tac. It was like a big tic-tac, means it, it had no wings. It was kind of this, mm, it's like this canister type thing that was moving with intelligent movement. It went down to the water and then flew up to, a, uh, uh, like way up in the sky, I don't know, 50,000 feet or up. And so... There had to be some intelligent movement, no form of propulsion. So they identified this on radar and seeing it, and then it popped out of sight. So they, I mentioned that. That actually is the thing that kicked off. When that um, uh, footage was released from the Pentagon of the Nibbit sighting with Dave Fravers um, or someone, uh, one of his co-pilots' um, radar of this Tic Tac-like object, that launched this wave that we're now experiencing. So let's look at just the external. We, we're not going to, these pilots are trained observers. They're not hallucinating. There was four of them on board. They also the same thing with their eyes and on radar. So let's just establish it. And let's get those investigators who are really expert. And Nick Pope of the UAP, because he was working from the Ministry of Defense and he was a UFO investigator in the UK and he says, well, there's also reasons why government doesn't tell people what's going on. That's to protect them, for secrecy, for technology development. So that's one level. Then we, and then the next chapter is by Grant Cameron, who looked at every, UF, every president since Roosevelt, FDR, and their relationship to the UFO phenomena. And he looks at that... Um, and then he had actually a breakthrough where he says, well, this is not really about hardware. It's about consciousness. How is it interacting 
with the people witnessing it. So he went from this hardcore investigator to what I'm calling a researcher, a for, for lack of a better word, because researchers then mm-hmm. talk about the phenomena. Okay, it's not just hardware. It's not just sightings. It's not just government cover-ups. That's the superficial level. How's it affecting people? How's it, how's it impacting on those people that see these craft in the sky? So uh, Cameron, Grant Cameron says, if you've seen a UFO, you're part of it. You're part of the situation. You're part of the phenomena. So um, you were meant to see it. And somehow your consciousness is entangled with this phenomena. So that's the next level, researchers. I also include people like uh, John Mack in there. John Mack was a Harvard-trained psychiatrist. Have you heard of John Mack at all? You were a book called. That's when I read your book. <laughs> oh, okay. No, John. I understand. No, these these are like not household names, but they're they're names for right. people who really studied this phenomenon. So John Mack was a professor of psychiatry at Harvard University, and he looked at people who were having these um, experience and these contact experiences and these abduction experiences, and so and said, these people are not crazy. They're having a real phenomenon. So legitimate, he said, well, they're having an experience that seems to be be beyond their understanding, and it's real. So John Mack said, these people are legitimate. They're not crazy. They're actually expanding their minds. I mean, some of it, of course, is traumatizing, but some of it mm-hmm. is an awakening. So these are the researchers. They um, are talking to the people who have this experience, who've had sightings, who've had abductions, which is a whole other thing, you know. And then from there, I go to the people, not just the researchers on it, but the people actually having the experience, I you know, so there's people talking about people who've had the experience, and then there's the actual people having experiences, which who I call experiencers, or contactees, or abductees. That's another name for it. So that's the third level. Okay, there's the government, there's the people commenting, and these actual events that are happening to individuals. And there's probably hundreds of thousands of people this this is happening to around the world. I mean, at least when Whitley Strieber, who's probably the most prominent experiencer known, he wrote the book Communion, which was a bestseller in 1989 about his experiences of meeting these beings. He um, got 200,000 letters from people around the world saying they had similar experiences. So it's not, qualified except by John Mack uh, that this is legitimate and of course other people have con- come on and said yes this these are people are having some sort of experience they maybe it's beyond this 3D world so once people kind of get that and then that's the esoteric that's the deepest level some people have had such experience where they feel like they've merged with these beings and it gets more and more far out everyone can understand the first couple of chapters oh yeah that makes sense there's things in the sky but then when you get to hear people that's where the reader has to decide well is this real is this not real and they could just open their minds up a little bit and and not agree, but not disagree, and just hear what people mm-hmm. are saying. I think something could seep in there. So that's yeah, where it's yeah. coming from. I, it goes from the exoteric to the esoteric, from the outer to the could, inner. 
that that's what the yeah. book covers. And, like, and, and you can see where the, the progression. I mean, and it's really designed for people who um, whose knowledge and, and awareness, you know, of, of uh, just the whole area is, is limited. So I mean, you go from kind of, you know, here's the scientific. Here's the, here's the um, the reportable right, kinds the of yes, experiences the down to up to the experience, <laughs> which is yeah, to the psychological people. results, to yeah. the actual what, what's going on there. So, um, you know, but the book has an arc. You know, this is a compilation by many different people, mm-hmm. but because I was a literature major, um, I wanted to, you know, progress it, and and and, and at the conclusion right. of the book. There's an integration of this, let's call it extraterrestrial consciousness and the human consciousness, at least in the chapter I do with Carolyn Corey at the end of the book. She's merged with these beings. And um, I, I, I don't know if that's real, but it was real for her. And maybe that's the next step of our evolution, to merge with these higher consciousness beings, you know. Yeah, it could be. Um, well, Alan, we're, we're about halfway through the show already, so it's, it's going fast. So I want to take just okay. a quick break, and, and I do want to invite listeners, if you would like to call in and ask any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359, or those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to type them in there. Um, and then when can we I come just back say, from break, Alan. Can I just tell people oh, to sure. buy the book on Amazon, Making Contact by Alan Steinfeld? Um, I'm just really hitting the high points of the book, but the book goes much deeper. Making Contact, Alan Steinfeld, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And then when we come back, um, you are a contributor to the the book um, with a a chapter called Extraordinary Actuality, My Journey to the Stars. So when we come back, I want to talk about your contribution to the book and what you wanted to, to put forth, okay? Great, great, great. Great. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Alan Steinfeld. We are talking about his new book, Making Contact. 
preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence. Um, again, you can find his book on Amazon, Making Contact, um, and I'm sure at other outlets as well. Um, and also be sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash new realities and become one of the more than 70,000 subscribers that he has on that uh, that platform. And also he is on yes. Facebook, so you can join him there. <laughs> So yes, thank you. 70,000, 70, yes, 70,000 subscribers, yes. 70.4, as of this morning. Yes, 70.4,000, isn't that great? But um, I'm just curious, what kind of shows have you done in the past so I know who your audience is and what kind of to speak to? to well, well you're, you're speaking... You're speaking perfectly to the audience. I mean, everything that we've talked about now is, is direct, you know, the audience is right there with you. Um, you know, okay. my my genre is, is, is spirituality, self-help, and then I also do have um, an environmental awareness kind of programming that right. I include too. So generally it's, you know, spirituality, yeah. self-help. Oh, great, because this whole thing has a huge spiritual component. It, 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 it suggests that there's more to the human being than just being meat and potatoes or whatever people think they are. There's, there is this higher consciousness aspect. John Mack, who I talked about in that first part of the show, says UFOs may just be an outreach program from the cosmos for the consciously impaired. That's us on planet Earth, <laughs> consciously impaired. So there is this um, awakening to this greater possibility when we realize we're not a freak of nature. When, you know, Darwinian, mechanistic, Newtonian philosophy and when the West has reduced everything to machines and robots and um, freaks of nature, accident, you know, there's like no rhyme or reason to existence. But let's say there is a reason to existence. Let's say there is a reason to incarnation. And that is the key to spirituality. There's a reason we're in this body, we're a reason we're here, and it's about awakening to the greater consciousness. And I feel these beings, whoever they are, and I don't think anyone really knows who they are. There's guesses that whoever they are and whatever level they're existing on is pulling us to a greater awakening of our own mind. Yeah. Well, what, I think I can't remember who the quote was. I'm sure you can tell me, but it was there was one quote I read in the book that someone had said that, you know, there are two options, either um, we are all alone or there are others out there. In either case, right. it's frightening. So, well, um, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, that's Arthur C. Clarke, yeah. the guy who wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey. And, uh, yeah, it's. I think he says it's awesome or something. But, um, yeah, whatever yeah. that, if we're alone in the universe or it's full of life or maybe just another life somewhere, but I do think – I do think life is an emergent property of creation. I think it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it grows, it grows between the cracks and the sidewalk right there. Life coming up. I mean, it's. It, it, I think somebody said Gary Nolan from the University of Las Vegas said DNA is older than the Earth itself. So, mm, what does that mean? That maybe life is seeded throughout the universe. Yeah, very much. So your contribution to the book, um, the chapter Extraordinary Actuality, 
um, your journey to the star, my journey to the stars. Can you tell us, you know, why you wanted to include the information? What, what, what do you mean by extraordinary actuality? And what is it you wanted hmm. your story to tell? Well, there's a quote. Um, do you see that quote that I got? I, I, I looked at this quote by Wallace Stevens. Um, um, let me see if I can find it. But it talks about extraordinary actuality. And I tried to understand that. What does that mean, extraordinary actuality? How, how do I make sense of that? And um, uh, so let me just give you this quote because it, it kind of pulls that all together. Um, you know, when something's extraordinary, extraordinary, there's um, other level. I think it's like the quote is something like, um, extraordinary actuality surpasses the imagination. Like we have a certain mm-hmm. level of imaginative creativity, but when you meet something that is so outside our box of understanding, it's beyond the imagination. It's beyond what we could possibly think and come to terms with. There's something bigger than all these pieces of knowing. So in this, um, in this book, let me just open this. I'll read that quote to you because I, I think that quote um, um, initiated me to these other levels um, so it starts out my chapter with um, looking at the stars at night and, and wondering what's going on up there. What, who are these other lights in the sky? What, what are they here for? So that was an early childhood fascination. What, what's going on out there in space and how do we come to terms with a bigger reality? So I, I noticed that um, these were like porch lights at um, neighboring homes and they were here um, to inspire people and I got very um, obsessed with the whole idea of science fiction and, and, and that was sort of you know, my alternative to just um, white bread America this whole idea that um, it was sort of an escape in a way science fiction and mm-hmm. seeing other possibilities because when you grow up in suburbia which I'm I guess a lot of us do there's um, everything's kind of bland I mean and you just are programmed to do um, what your parents have done and you go to school you go to the Boy Scouts you play baseball and that wasn't good enough for me. I felt like I wanted to know more. I, there had to be something more to reality. Don't didn't you ever get that feeling that oh, there yeah. had to be? <laughs> right. So yeah. we all have this feeling that um, I, I know there's more, but I didn't know where that was. So I turned to science fiction, and you know, Star Trek was a big popular thing at the time, and. Um, that was my uh, salvation in a way, understanding that there was more to reality. So I, I went with that whole thing. And um, this quote, though, I'm going to just go back to this quote by Wallace Stevens. It says, in the presence of extraordinary actuality, consciousness takes the place of imagination. Extraordinary actuality presence means something we can't even imagine. The actuality of being something so inconceivable, it's beyond the extraordinary. And it's beyond this idea of some 
artificial creation of the imagination. The imagination will get us only so far, and then the actuality of existence will get us further, which means like, how do I describe it? The reality right in front of you right now that's um, beyond anything you can imagine propels our thinking forward in ways that were uncalculable before. Does that make sense? I mean, the imagination is based Mm -hmm. on what we know or what we can even, let's say, to use redundant word, imagine, but there's something beyond that when you're faced with the actuality of the thing. There's some sobering up when you're faced with actuality. That, that transcends the whole wildness of imagination. So my, my chapter is about coming to terms with this bigger phenomenon. And what is it that we're here to confront with ourselves, with others, with this um, movement to- forward? So I start, I start with this quote. And, 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 and I write in a sense of wonder. I write it from a child's point of view, from a seven-year-old looking at the stars and wondering what's out there, what are those lights, and how come no one's talking about really confounding for me? How come no one's talking about the moon? What is this big yellow ball that rises at certain times? And it was so confusing and so wondrous. I just, you know, I'm still caught up in that wonder. So anyway, I opened this quote with uh, Ken Wilber saying, Simply let wonder fill your being until it takes you out of yourself into the staggering mystery that is the existence of the world. A mystery where facts alone can never begin to fill the empty answers. If spirit exists, it lay in that direction, the direction of wonder, a direction that intersects the very heart of science and it in search of the ultimate ground, the ultimate ground of being, really. This is Ken Wilber, The Marriage of Sense and Soul. Ken Wilber is probably the most well-known and articulate spiritual philosopher of our time. Do, do, have you you've heard of Ken Wilber at all? Yeah, have I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of yes. Okay, yeah. great. All right. So yeah. that's where I start, and I go into my own – so I, I go on this little trip cross-country, and um, – meet this beautiful woman in Sedona, Arizona. We travel together. And then we have a very strange night as we're coming back east and we're frozen all through the night in the suspended animation. And then I noticed a couple of days later this mark on the back of my leg, on the back of my knee. And who looks at the back of their knee? But um, I, I started to ask around and I met some people coincidentally or not coincidentally who were involved with Bud Hopkins, who's really the godfather of UFO ET abductions. He wrote a book called Missing Time, Intruders. He turned John Mack and Whitley Strieber onto this phenomena. So anyway, I come across his group. They say, oh, yeah, that's an abduction, Mark. I, I, I kind of freak out because what do you do with that when someone <laughs> tells you that's an abduction? But it was it was real enough to kind of send me down this rabbit hole of like I wanted to know everything I could about 
this sort of phenomenon just because I didn't understand it. I, I still don't understand it. That's why I'm still obsessed with it. But I went to every conference and meetup and lecture and every book or maybe not every book, but the major books on the subject. I mean, there are thousands of books. And just tried to put together this picture. So the, the book I wrote is a book for me to try to lay out the phenomena that is still inexplicable. You know, it's still not, not, um, not comprehensible. And this is the government's hesitation, my feeling. They don't know what it is. They don't know how to explain it. They don't know how to protect you. So they might as well just ignore it. They, and, until it's like you can't ignore it now because the newspapers are saying, what? You mean these people aren't crazy? You mean they really are seeing something? You mean it's not swamp gas? So this is where we are now. And that's why I wrote the book to mm, open up people to levels of awareness. So there's all grades here. If you just want to start out and, and, and question the facts, are there things out there? It's like, you know, it's kindergarten through K to 12 right here, you know. Then there's people who've been studying this for 40 years or more and saying, yeah, there's something going on here and let's go as deep into this and pull out all the pieces. And we don't need government to tell us this is real, but we it would be evolutionary to come forward and be sanctioned in what people have been experienced. So there's a, there's a consensus mm-hmm. reality. So people, and this is, if you read Thomas Kuhn's theories of scientific revolution, he says all revolutions in science start with the integration of anomalies. Anomalies mm-hmm. say there's something we have not accounted for here. And this is probably one of the biggest anomalies in the world we'll ever face, that um, there's something else in the sky and they're not ours, they're not Russians, they're not Chinese, and they're not from this world. So what's going on? What's going on? It, it's big. It's a big, big thing that, we, that we're here to unfold, and it's very exciting. This is nothing to be afraid of. That's what I say. I mean, if they would have invaded and taken over a planet, they would have done it already, <laughs> yeah. and they're not. Yeah, they're, if we had one of those Independence Days, yeah, movies right. kind of you know invasion. <laughs> we would have we would have taken that. Would have happened thirty, forty, fifty years ago, but it's not happened yet, and I don't think it's going to happen because they're taking our time. They're very patient with. They don't want to freak us out. They're not landing on the White House lawn. And um, <laughs> I saw a great cartoon that where they the UFO did land on the White House lawn and. Somebody came out and, and, and the alien said, oh, I, I see you're clearly not ready for us. We'll be back in a couple of years. So, um, yeah, they're, they're not landing there because they are sensitive, I think, to the mass consciousness. Yeah, they're appearing in greater numbers. People are seeing them. And then they go away and say, what did, you, what did I see? You know, you, you, so we have to come to this shift in awareness, in consciousness, in spiritual development, on our own. There's hints of the greater reality, but we need um, to process. We need this time to process the truth of reality. 
and um, yeah. of a new world. Now, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, in your book, you talk about you know making con making contact is a two way street. So, I mean, we're, we're out there looking. I mean, you know, Sandy's been looking for a long time. Um, so, yeah. talk to us about the idea. I mean. Of the fact that it's you know we're looking to, to contact and yes or no they are interested in contact. Yeah, yeah, they're reaching out. We need to. I think we need to put away our weapons of war. You know, some people say they they have appeared here in greater numbers since the nuclear bomb blasts, and and I tend to mm-hmm. think that also. You know, suddenly they realize, uh-oh, the teenagers have the car keys. We better check out what's going on. <laughs> right. Because nuclear bombs, they, they don't just disrupt just like our planetary environment, which is awful. They probably shake the fabric of time space as we know it to be. This is my guess. I don't have any scientific. But there's something that happens when you do these really drastic explosions right. and um I think that did alert them. So um, if we can put away our weapons of war, if we could come to a bigger understanding of our place in the universe, that we're part of a bigger cosmology that, you know, they hear because consciousness, the universe, universe, it's one song, one awareness. So we're part of that. We're like, But we're like the little splinter in your little finger that you know it's so uncomfortable that you know that's your whole focus and I think we're the splinter you know because our mm-hmm. mass consciousness has been so violent and and, and just uh, dogmatic and full of horrors and holocausts and you know all, awful things that have happened and are still happening starvation, war, uh, hatred just even on the Basic human level. I mean, how many people? Wives, husbands, you know, whatever. You know, we have to. This is a a planetary upgrade. It's, you know, it's like all yeah. of us have to come to the fact that we're here together, we're in this together. Consciousness is one. This is one of the things Pete Oprah says when I interview him. He says, there is no plural for consciousness. It is one consciousness. Wherever you are, beyond, we're all connected, and we're all part of the same organism. Basically, this is what Bruce Lipton says in my chapter at the oh no in the epilogue. I quote him saying, "When we come together as one, then we form humanity. We are not humans until we create this bigger being called humanity. This is when we learn and realize we're all part." of the same fundamental organ organism. We're part of yeah. one. There's a oneness here. That's the core of spirituality. And when we realize that we're one, that will allow other one, other cosmic entities to come forward and really start making contact. So our job is to make contact with each other, the planet, at a higher awareness and they're sensitive to our to our insensitivity so um, yeah. making contact though yeah. it's just also believing 
that there's stuff out there. It's opening our minds and full love. This is how CE5s and 6s are done. You know who's, what CE5s and 6s? These are meditations that are done out in open spaces to call in these crafts. They're called Close Encounter 5, and then some people call them Close Encounter 6. But anyway, it's a process of meditating and opening your heart and opening your mind and calling these beings into into our presence. They need to be beckoned. Yeah. They'll only do go so far without the calling. That's my that's my feeling. So making contact, yes, yeah, a two way street because we have to come to that oneness and and show that we're ready for something bigger. Yeah, exactly. Well gosh, we're down almost down toward the end of the show, Alan. Now I mean in, oh. in you just opened up the idea, you know, for, for people to recognize just the the um the vastness or the 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 scope. Um, you know, your book you also talk about um telepathy. Telepathy is a common theme throughout the book. Um multiple yeah. dimensions, you even you even tap into quantum physics. So there is just so yeah. many pieces to the puzzle. I know. Um what what do you think is the most important I idea since we're I'm sorry? Yeah. No, what is that? no, I, was, yeah, I, I just, just can only touch on aspects. But what did you say? The most important idea was that. Well, I was going to say, yeah, you you know, and I just want to, I just want to let people know all the things that are offered in the book as well. So, oh yeah, thank um, you, thank what, you. Sure, sure. And so, what do you feel that the, the most important idea that we can take away from the recognition that we are a part of a, a greater cosmos than what? we've been taught right well first explore our own minds i teach remote viewing i teach that there's more to the human being than our education our religions our politics our media has told us realize yes we are part of the cosmos and we have a facility for telepathy for non-local perceptions for calling in you know these higher realities we we can do that. People are doing that all over the planet. Everyone listening to this radio show, um, to wish that they get sensing, trust your mind. I say psychology has done a great service for us in trying to understand ourselves, but it's done a disservice in, in having us not trust our perceptions, our, our mental awareness. If you get an intuition, if you get a feeling, if you get an inkling, or whatever that is, you get a calling to go look at the sky at night. If you get trust your mind and your feelings and your perception and your awareness, this is the bigger picture of reality that I'm trying to paint. We are bigger than what we've been told. And when we wake up to that, we'll take our place, our rightful place, uh, among the stars, among, among what other beings have graduated to in their awareness of consciousness itself. So that's the takeaway. Wake up to who we really are. Realize we are the beings we've been waiting for, in a sense. I know it's a little <laughs> cliche now. But if we can bring that awareness to ourselves, these contacts won't be fearful, won't be surprising, it'll be the natural order of an evolutionary existence, the way single cells came together to form multicellular organisms, the way those organisms came together to form, you know, organs of bigger beings, how we came together as, as families, as cities, as countries, as one world, 
the next level of evolution is to join with other worlds. This is a natural, ongoing phenomenon. We are at the threshold of a whole new moment in human civilization. That's why I'm so excited by it. It, it is. It is very exciting. Well, Ellen, I want to thank you for your time today. I, I've enjoyed speaking with you. I, I learned a lot in your book. Um, you can tell I'm not, thank you. you know, steep in UFO um, knowledge, but um, I'm certainly. But you learned uh, stuff about the UFO. Yeah, I mean, what did you learn when you read the book? I'm just curious that what was like stood out for you. Well, um, you know, actually, I, I, it was probably hard to say any one particular thing. The what I think impressed me the most was what you intended to put in that evolution from the very beginning, you know, yes. you know, to to the experiencers at the end. Uh, to me, that was um, it was like a logical path. You know, for for me, who you know, and and then also one one of the things I enjoyed is not specific to the book, other, other than in each of the each of the each of the contributors' um, stories, they um, really reference a whole lot of um, other uh, books, um, other researchers, investigators. Right, it's a good good source for you know kind of a, a jump into other if, like if you want to learn more about such and such you know each you know, story gives you different ways thank you thank you for noticing that because that's why i insisted on putting an index most of these types of books do not have indexes and i indexed it myself and i said no this in a bibliography footnotes yeah yeah Thank you for yeah. noticing that. Actually, yeah, it, yeah. Oh, it's great. I mean, it, it's great for the explorer. So, thank you again for your time, Alan. And I, yeah. and I, I look forward to watching just, your YouTube. Oh yeah, definitely. And everyone can buy the book. I love the feedback after you read the book about write a review on Amazon. Go to Making Contact, Alan Steinfeld. Just because it's time that people know as much as possible. So I've really summed up seventy-four years of history in this one volume. I feel. I mean, there's a lot more to yeah. this, but this is the beginning. Thanks so much for your time today. You're very, you're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Alan Steinfeld. We've been talking about his new book, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. And again, you can join his more than 70,000 subscribers on YouTube by visiting his YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash new realities. And you can also join Alan on Facebook if you use that platform. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.